Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. What will people say of you? Acts 9 verse 36 to 38 says, In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydia was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, Please come at once. What is the significance of a funeral? Some people leave instructions on what families should do with their mortal remains. But why do we have funerals? Is there some biblical instruction that suggests that we should have funerals for our loved ones? I have been involved in numerous funerals, and especially since entering ministry. But I can never forget the funeral of a beautiful six-month-old baby girl who had died from sudden infant death syndrome, SIDS, while she was asleep. How do you eulogize a baby? It was beautiful as people celebrated the joy this infant brought to her parents from the time they announced the pregnancy and for the six months that she was alive. In more recent times, it has become clearer to me that you write your own eulogy by the life you live. Take Moses, for example. Moses had the most unusual funeral. He died in the mountain overlooking Jericho, the promised land that he would not enter. The Bible says Moses died and God buried him. No human pallbearers, no family present to mourn for him, no funeral service for people to pay their last respects. God buried him in a secret cave, grave that was never found. But listen to the eulogy about Moses. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. That was his life's greatest achievement, his relationship with God and how the world benefited from that relationship. The text tells us of a woman in a Mediterranean community called Joppa. Dorcas was a good woman, a woman of great benevolence. Dorcas was called a disciple or a follower of Jesus, who seemed to have been not just a great seamstress, but a generous one. When Dorcas died, they prepared her body for her funeral and laid her out in an upstairs room. But when other disciples heard that Peter was in a nearby town, they sent for him. Please come at once. When Peter arrived at the house, that is when he heard and saw the tributes of the late Dorcas. Women had robes and other garments that Dorcas had made for so many of them. These were not rich people who might have paid her great sums of money for her to make beautiful robes and coats for them. No, the text tells us that Dorcas was always doing good and helping the poor. The robes and the other clothing were part of the mourning by the poor widows and others. I can imagine that they were saying that if it had not been for this woman's kindness, they would never have owned some of the clothes that they got from her. These were people who undoubtedly could not afford to pay Dorcas for these garments. I can imagine that she would sit at her machine, whatever that looks like, daily and would make garment after garment and then she would go out and deliver them to poor people. I can only imagine how happy these people were when they got one of Dorcas's fashionable design, and they were too poor to pay for it. 
That day when Peter entered the house, they were mourning, but not just mourning, but they were talking about and showing off the garments that she made. They were exchanging stories of Dorcas's kindness to not just her family, but to the poor in the community. And the clothes were a piece of her story. The text tells us that she was always doing good for the poor. Enough about Dorcas. By the way, Peter prayed over her dead body, told the dead woman to get up, and later presented her to the mourners alive and well. Scores of people who heard became followers of Jesus. What about your eulogy? You are writing your eulogy by the way you live. If you are a believer, what will they say about you when you die? Some people don't care, but people will have to have something to say, whether it is at a funeral service or when they just gather together. It really doesn't matter at that stage because you will not be around to hear them. Mm. But like Moses, Dorcas's death caused people to talk about her relationship with God. That is what is important, my friend, your relationship with God. Frankly, they could say all the good things and more, but will they say that you had a personal relationship with Jesus, that you were one of his disciples? At that stage, your story, your eulogy can serve to direct people to God. Think about it. If there's a funeral, people will come and the things they say about you can influence some folks to choose to follow Jesus as well. When they talk about you as someone who would tell others about Jesus or about the good things you did in the name of Jesus, that will be a sermon there that can help others to give their lives to Jesus. When they speak about you as someone who is gone to be with Jesus, wow, that can pull some others to Jesus. Dorcas's eulogy was simply about the good she did as a disciple of Christ. What will they say about you?